parenting in a raw, honest, mildly self-deprecating kind of way. Sometimes that involves swearing. And here, we are not sorry for anything. We love to discuss the everyday superhero parent and focus on those, you know, fun situations like poop on the wall or throwing balls at glass windows, you know, all the fun things that kids like to do. Always, we try to highlight the everyday superhero parent, juggling life, trying to make things happen, and sometimes barely surviving every day. But today, we're going to talk to somebody who might have a few pointers to share about health and wellness. Welcome to Maddie Bergner. She is an acupuncturist in Denver, Colorado, and the owner and founder of Bergner Acupuncture and Wellness. So thank you so much for being here today. And a little bit about my connection with Maddie is we actually worked at True Food Kitchen in Denver together for about a year. And when I found out she was studying acupuncture and all that kind of stuff, I was like, oh, I really would love your insight for moms on this podcast. So welcome. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Um, let's get right into it. Uh, I will say a disclaimer, I'm a huge fan of acupuncture. I did it before I ever had kids. I did it while I was pregnant and after. So I think it's amazing. But what are misconceptions about acupuncture in general that you kind of like to address? Yeah, that's a good question. I think like the biggest misconception about acupuncture is that it hurts. Like people, <laughs> yeah. people are always like pretty, often pretty anxious when they come in to see me for the first time. And um, I think that as a society, we have this association with needles where we're thinking about a hypodermic needle or getting a shot, uh, having blood drawn. And um, I'll be the first person to admit that I hate both those things. And um, and I'm a huge acupuncture junkie. So um, most people find it super relaxing. They often fall asleep during treatment. And um, we like to describe it as, you know, a sensation-based medicine. Like you'll feel sensations around the points after the needles are inserted, but um, pain shouldn't be one of them. So that's one of my biggest uh, sort of like falsehoods that I see. Um, and then, you know, since I am talking to you today about sort of acupuncture, um, during pregnancy and for fertility and postpartum, um, another huge misconception is that it's not safe during pregnancy. Mm -hmm. um, that people are afraid of what's going to happen if they get this sort of foreign uh, modality used on them. Um, I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there's a few, um, there's a few points that we just generally avoid during pregnancy because they're like incredibly stimulating. Um, but those are actually points that we can use to induce labor when a mom is oh. full term or for overdue babies. So you don't have to um, like have a C-section or have labor induced at the hospital. Oh, so that's really cool. Like for me, I, because I have a history of blood clots, they, I had to be induced for my first one, I guess. Like you don't know what's going to happen and you don't want to bleed out or something. Um, and I definitely had an acupuncture session like right before I went in uh, and it was amazing. Yeah. That was my next question. Is acupuncture safe during pregnancy? So thank you for taking care of that. <laughs> In your opinion, what's the point of, literally, what is the point of acupuncture during um, that prenatal and like postpartum period? What what benefits does it have? Oh, this is such like a, 
<laughs> so many. <laughs> like, how, how long do you have? <laughs> um, <laughs> about 45 minutes. So. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, yeah. so you just want to talk about this one thing, right? <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, I like to sort of break it into the different stages, right? Um, so, obviously, there's like a whole use of acupuncture and Chinese herbal medicine for mm -hmm. getting pregnant in the first place, for treating what in Western medicine is called infertility. Um, in Chinese mm -hmm. medicine, we have this more this belief that like health is a more of a two-way street. So if you go down the road, you can come back the road, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, that's an, I like that perspective. That's, that is new to me. I like it. I'm digging it. Yeah. So, you know, when I see somebody who's been diagnosed with infertility, I never want them to believe that they're in a position that can't be reversed. Um, part of like the psychology of that is really damaging in and of itself. So I always want my patients to feel hopeful that uh, the work we do together can ultimately lead them to conceive or to have, um, you know, if not naturally, then with Western medicine, with IVF or IUI. So, um, these are all things that we work on, but, um, <laughs> Continue. yeah, no, uh, so needy. Um, my children, <laughs> I guess like some of the just like easiest benefits to list off though, during pregnancy, um, a lot of people I see during the first trimester, were trying to prevent miscarriage. Um, yeah. So we do that by, okay. um, reducing cortisol levels, which is a stress hormone and prolactin levels and elevating progesterone. I don't know how sciencey we want to get on here. You can get sciencey. I mean, it might go over my head, but you can get sciencey. That's totally cool. I like it. So basically like these are things that can contribute to miscarriage when they're elevated um, or impair like proper implantation. So first trimester mm -hmm. is all about like making the best home for the baby, if you will. It's about making like the baby super comfortable and happy and just like able to grow and get really healthy. <laughs> oh yeah. Screw mom though, because who cares if she's uncomfortable and vomiting and eating crackers every day because this thing is taking up space in her body. Yeah. Screw you mom. Well, that leads me to the other benefits <laughs> during first trimester, which are definitely working with, um, with nausea. Um, that's like one of the biggest things that I treat first trimester is helping to alleviate morning sickness. Um, acupuncture is also great for, treating headaches, heartburn, uh, stress levels, and just like nourishment in general. So it can improve like blood flow um, to the umbilical artery, improve your circulation, um, all that good stuff. All the reasons that I need a new acupuncture. <laughs> oh, and I'm not even pregnant. So <laughs> this is just me as a human being. Um, well, it's such an interesting thing. Like I had a uh, a patient who I was seeing um, most of the way through her pregnancy and after she had her baby, um, she came in and, and she said to me, she was like, oh, I'm so excited because now I can get acupuncture just for me. Like not, not from a baby, but like, this is just for me now. <laughs> I will say just to um, drive this point home, like as a novice and someone who's pretty ignorant in Chinese um, herbal medicine and a lot of Eastern techniques, I, I will say this. When I was 26 or 27, um, I was diagnosed, hey, get it, hey, get it, get it. Um, 
I was diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome and the way my ovaries looked um, during these scans, the um, the doctor was like, yeah, you'll probably need like some kind of hormonal therapy or something. Oh, but, but you can't be on hormonal therapy because you had blood clots. So if you ever want to have kids or conceive, like it could be really hard for you. And I was like, oh, well, I'm not in a relationship. I don't really want to have kids because I didn't. <laughs> I think you probably heard me say that a million times. <laughs> Um, and, but one of the things I did, even though I wasn't planning to conceive or wanting to get pregnant, even down the line was I started seeing an acupuncturist who was a friend and I don't know if that's what did it, but, or if it was my, you know, anti-inflammatory diet, cause I got pregnant while I was working at True Food and didn't even know it until after mm-hmm. I had left. Oh, the irony, right? Like, I'm going to do all these fun things. No, you're not. You're going to grow a baby. Good fucking luck. Um, And anyway, all of that is just to say that in my experience, like, if I had listened to doctors um, or if I had probably been more cautious with and having sex with my now husband, I probably wouldn't have gotten pregnant, you know? Um, So I guess... Yay for us for being mildly irresponsible <laughs> and kudos to anti-inflammatory diets and acupuncture for giving me my beautiful son. Yeah, this baby brought to you by Dr. Andrew Wiles, anti-inflammatory diet. <laughs> um, we did chat with a nutritionist who said, because we, like you were mentioning all the, those hormones, like the stress hormones and um, all these things that impact our body every day. And we know this through all that verbiage that we're getting through from true food um this will will actually take me to a, a point for you as well um all of that impacts your body and i think sometimes as moms as women as just daily human beings we don't think about that like let me tell you i never ate prepackaged food minus like kind bars and the occasional bag of potato chips when I was working at True Food. Everything, I knew where everything was coming from. All, even the snacks in my house were like tomatoes and cheese. Like, and you know, cheese is one of those arguable things. We could get into that a different day, but. And then all of a sudden you're like, you have this kid and you're like, oh shit, I'm just, I'm just get, give me those, you know, veggie straws. Or the kid sees a favorite cartoon person or person I like Blippi, I want veggie straws because veggie, Blippi's eating veggie straws and now all of a sudden you have all this prepackaged food in your house and you're like, bah! Okay, so what I really love on your website is that in your blog you have um, some recipes that look so delicious. So there's like the high, what's the word, like the, the marriage of this holistic Eastern medicine approach and the nutrition that your body needs to kind of like work in harmony, I'm guessing. Again, I don't know. This is, <laughs> I'm not the acupuncturist here, but I love that about your website. I think that is such a great resource for your clients and patients. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's something that I hope will be a resource for people who aren't my clients or patients, just like anyone who's interested in learning more. Um, yeah, I have a really strong belief that the way that we feed ourselves is the one of the most important things that we can do for our long-term health. Um, and 
the thing that I love about Chinese nutrition as opposed to Western nutrition is it's really focused on um, our constitution. So what things we need in order to kind of have like the optimal balance of health for our individual self um, rather than, you know, kale is really good for every, like, I don't believe in these like one size fits all prescriptions for really for anything, for food, for herbs, for supplements, um, for lifestyle, like for exercise. I just think that we're all so individually unique and as are the requirements of our day-to-day -day life. And, you know, like we were talking about before we jumped on the show, moms especially, there's such a vast diversity of what women are doing on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, we have stay-at-home moms, we have full-time work moms, we have single moms, we have, you know, just all these really complex um, individual scenarios. And so each of these women need a completely different diet, exercise, strategy, like stress reduction. All these things are so important to consider, um, you know, both like through pregnancy, but also like postpartum and just in your life in general. I think that's a really interesting point too that you bring up because it still seems like even though we're more aware that everybody is different and we all have different needs, it's like we're still we still have to keep up with like the Kardashians or the Joneses, whatever cliche you wanna you wanna use. And it's like, but that just doesn't work for me, you know. Like the whole point of this podcast to me is like everyday people, because you know what. Not everybody can afford to have two nannies per kid and we don't have private jets, you know, and we don't get to fly places and we can't just petition the president to like do X, Y, and Z because it's in our vested interest and we care about something like we're just trying to get through it all. And sometimes that's really hard. So what little things like that seem so foreign or different, like acupuncture, what can they give us that you know, maybe it costs a little bit, but the, it, that's a good investment in our overall well-being so we can be better parents. So we can be even like dads, like we can be a better mom or a better dad. We can be a better a partner. We can be a better um, friend, colleague, whatever. There's so many ways that I think we we try so hard to like fix it with a pill even now. And you're like, but there's other ways that are better for our bodies and our mental stability in order to do that. So with, with all that in mind, what are your experiences with pregnant women and acupuncture? Like how have you seen a change in your clients? It's drastic. Like even from the time that people walk into the room and than when they leave. Um, the <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty noticeable almost immediately. Um, if you've never had acupuncture, um, sort of the, the general uh, process of a session is um, I'll spend between 10 and 30 minutes talking to my patient about just what's going on in their life. Um, this is where I almost play like a therapist role. I feel like sometimes <laughs> I'm like, um, and we actually are, we do take classes in counseling and psychology. So um, we're at least slightly armed for some of what can walk through the door. Um, 
but but there's a belief in Chinese medicine that treating the spirit, treating your mental emotional state is critical to your physical function and that you can't separate those three things. Um, and then vice versa, if your physical body is unwell, then you're going to see that in your stress levels, in your anxiety, depression. Um, and it's also interconnected that we can't look at you as anything other than a whole, a whole being. Um, so for me, like my favorite thing about acupuncture treatments is the immediate reduction in your stress levels and like what I call stress resilience, because I see so much that the more people get acupuncture, the better they're able to manage their stress levels, whether that's not responding as quickly to stressors, um, or just like not feeling stressed as much, just like generally feeling like, yeah, like I'm okay. I can handle this. Um, and I think that that in this like crazy modern busy world that we all live in, where we're juggling constant sensory input and just like everything is like coming at us all the time. I think that that is like the most, one of the most beautiful things that we can get, um, from acupuncture. I'm glad you guys have training in psychology because I can't tell you the amount of times I've walked into an acupuncture <laughs> and started crying for like, oh, yeah. no reason. Like they're, I mean, probably hormonal or, you know, just like giving yourself that space to be okay. And I think that's what I like, what I personally love about acupuncture is I have a hard time meditating. Mm -hmm. You're there, there's little needles. And I don't know if you do like the electro stimulated um, acupuncture as well, but even with just the needles and no like I don't want to say electrolysis, but that's kind of what it is. These, you know, more energetic pulses that are literally going through your body. Um, you are forced to just breathe and relax and take note of yourself. And I think even, I think that even for someone like me who finds meditation hard, acupuncture gives you the space to really give yourself a break because you can't do anything like if you move they're safe they're little but they they do hurt if they and it's not painful i don't want to like push anybody away from acupuncture because i am a firm believer in it but it's uncomfortable like you know so i think that as a as a, a human being we need that mental space and we don't really often as you're, like you're talking about in this busy world give ourselves that and acupuncture is one of those places where you kind of have to give yourself space <laughs> Absolutely. It's so interesting too. like, I usually, so I'll, yeah, I'll leave people on the table with needles in for somewhere between, you know, 10 minutes if they've really had a lot to talk about that day or up to like 30 minutes, 45 minutes, if they kind of were like light on words. And, uh, the more that you get acupuncture, the shorter that feels, which is also just like, so important is giving your body that chance to rest. Um, this is ba it's basically like a nervous system reset because we're all living in that crazy fight or flight mode all the time. Mm -hmm. And when we're resting, and I did air quotes for if you're listening and not looking at the uh, video of this podcast, but we're resting by watching, by watching TV, by scrolling on our phones, like you're not resting. Your body is not in parasympathetic rest and digest mode. And so there are really very few times throughout the day when we're actually truly resting and allowing our bodies to restore and heal. And so that time on the table is like crucial for that. And another thing that I love that you do um, is your Instagram, like you sign off 
like you've yeah. said like in a couple posts like peace out I'll catch you today when I got something you know unless something crazy comes up that I really want to talk about and I think that is such I'm I'm totally guilty of just being on my phone and and there's no good reason why because like I say to my husband all the time whatever needs to happen right now is not life or death like I'm not a nurse in the COVID ER right now, you know, I'm, I'm a writer and creator and, you know, I'm not gonna save anybody's life today, you know what I mean? But somehow we find this need to, I don't know, like, I don't know if it is that keeping up and seeing what's happening in the world or be busy or distracted. Um, so I'm super guilty of that. And I had a question and I just lost it while you were talking about all that. Um, but it's super addicting, right? Like being on our phones is, is really, it's so stimulating. It's like a drug. It like, and it, and our body, our brain just like craves more of it. And so it's not like to, to shame anyone or to make anyone feel bad about using their phones because we all, and like myself included, are very guilty of just like getting sucked in to the, to the vortex, um, <laughs> which is part of, which is part of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> part of why I try to weekends off of uh social media and i'm not perfect by any stretch of the word but um i do find that on those weekends that i'm able to take even just one day and like just delete the app put it away um i'm so much more present in my life i get so much done i'm like think about what we could all be doing if we weren't spending so much time on our phones um and, uh, you know, and then I kind of like spiral a little bit there. So try and avoid that. But, uh, but just enjoy the time that you are freeing up for yourself. Um, I want to ask you this. Um, so have you done, do you, because I can't go to your practice, you're like a thousand miles away um, <laughs> from me. So do you do both like the traditional acupuncture um, and and the added like electro stuff, or do you just, steer, you prefer one over the other? Yeah, so I use, like we call it e-stim, but yeah, electro stimulation, um, which is literally hooking up um, an, a small electric current to, uh, to various needles. Um, and I use it, I use it more in the treatment of pain, and we do use it to induce labor in women, um, but, it's for me, I'm, I'm my sort of like practice strategy, treatment strategy is a little bit um, less uh, mechanical and a little bit more energetic. So I tend okay. to sort of, sort of um, I encourage all of my patients to just see what they can notice as far as sensation around the needles and within their bodies without that added electric current. And um, of course, if I'm trying to do some like musculoskeletal treatments, I'll often use it because um, it is super effective at reducing pain and um, helping with like muscular soreness and things like that. Let's get a little nerdy um, and also like a, a little, um, what's the word I, uh, I don't know what the exact word I'm looking for here, but um, so you're talking about the nervous system as like an energy, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like we're energetic beings, right? So I'm a believer in that, like, you know, energy is like cyclical, like like rain or water. And uh, 
if you are depleting energy or you're giving out too much energy, like you need to like reset, like which is kind of what my when I explain what acupuncture does for me, that's that's like this electrical reset. So what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that's am I right? Or <laughs> yeah, so um, you're kind of like walking around like some of the ground theories of Chinese medicine without without realizing it. Um, <laughs> like so sciencey. No. Um, so to me, Chinese medicine is okay. So just to get a little bit like textbooky for a minute. Um, so the system of Chinese medicine is based around twelve primary meridians um, that are each. Uh, like attributed to a different organ system. So like spleen, liver, kidney, heart. Um, and then there are also what we call extraordinary meridians. Um, and then there are points that are not on a meridian. And this makes up the system. When I'm doing di diagnosis, when I'm talking to people, feeling their pulses, looking at their tongue, which is always a fun experience for people, yeah. <laughs> I'm gathering information to understand the relative excesses and deficiencies in those meridian systems. And those can interplay among each other. Um, so like an excess in one system can contribute, can cause a deficiency in another. And so our ultimate goal is to bring them back into balance, is to reduce excess where it exists and boost deficiency where it exists. Um, so it's all sort of just this like delicate tap dance of understanding where you got too much and where you don't have enough and how we can support you best. I love it. I love it. What made you want to get into this? Oh, what a, what a long, a long journey it's been. Um, yeah, I definitely had no idea that I was going to end up doing this. Um, I'm from, I'm from the DC area from Northern Virginia, East coast. And, uh, I grew up thinking that I was going to work in politics, work for the foreign service, something like that. And, um, yeah, look at me now. <laughs> I mean, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in, in college, I studied Chinese language and politics. That was my bachelor's degree. So I actually had the opportunity to spend some time both in mainland China and in Taiwan. Um, studying Chinese and then working. And that was where I received my first acupuncture treatment, which I gotta say is nothing like it is in the US. <laughs> You're in like a crowded hospital. There's like people clustered around your bed. They're like waiting for their treatment. And uh, the needling is, you know, when people ask me, does it hurt? I'm like, not in the US, but in China, you can get some like really intense needling. Oh gosh. So. That was my first experience with acupuncture and I was like mystified by it, but it worked. I was having like a severe reaction to air pollution in Beijing while I was there and um, it like cleared up right away. <laughs> so that was good. But um, it took me a while to get to where I am now. Um, a lot of sort of trying to understand what I want out of my career. Um, and it's been through learning about Chinese medicine and learning about acupuncture that I've been able to really reach a place of balance myself where I feel both like physically, mentally, and emotionally totally stable. Um, just, I know that's saying that's crazy. Um, and, and, you know, not all the time because like there are days when 
politics or like the environment or my like family or my partner or my friends are like making me crazy and that's <laughs> but but it's just it's completely and utterly changed the way that I view myself my health um and I just want to share that with other people like so deeply um because I feel like really deeply at peace in a lot of ways um that I wasn't able to when I was looking at my health through a western lens interesting yeah my husband always likes to say to me that I am doctor skeptical and I like to say that practitioners of any specialty are only as good as their experience and you might have a young practitioner that doesn't have a lot of like tenure but has been involved in a lot of different styles and exposed to different ways of doing things like when I look for like a primary care position I look where they went to school where their residencies and their fellowships are because there's a there's tons of different schools of thought in general but it doesn't matter what a specialty is if it's eastern or western it's all about the exposure to ailments that matters and being able to pull things out of your repertoire. So I, I say a doctor's only as good as their experience. And if a doctor doesn't know anything about PCOS or, you know, deep vein thrombosis, which of course they do, but like just throwing out, if they've never seen it, like I spent a year seeing a pulmonologist for my pulmonary embolism, but I kept having these flare-ups of clots because I had a DVT and I needed to go see a cardiac a vascular specialist. Mm -hmm. So a doctor's like, they're just going to do this sometimes and think they have the answers because they have their doctorate and they're not going to listen sometimes. And you can't, this is where being your own advocate really is so important. And so finally I was like, I'm tired of stabbing myself with like legit blood thinners. I don't want to be on these, the stuff. I'm, there's got to be another explanation. So I have my own reasons for challenging Western medicine because as beautiful and helpful as it is, it, it's not, in my novice opinion, the end-all be-all. And I think that working with a hybrid system of Eastern and Western medicine is, again, this is just my total opinion, is beneficial for like society, but that's just me. <laughs> oh, I, I totally agree. I think everything has its place, right? I mean, I'm just not going to go to a Western physician for diet and lifestyle advice ever. Um, it's not, it's just, to me, it doesn't line up with my philosophy of how I want to feel. Um, but if I'm in a car accident, you bet I'm not going to see my acupuncturist. Like, get me to a hospital. So <laughs> someone came to me with like a gunshot wound, I'd be like, go to the ER. Like, I can't help you. So Yeah, right. I think if there's a there's a balance there. Yeah. You know, and I I mean you can even we could get political here and talk about like the dairy industry and how there's so many things shoved in our face, but you need this and you need that. Like, and I, I remember my son's pediatrician telling me he needs to drink X amount of ounces of milk a day. And I said, he eats like yogurt and cheese. And at that point in time, I'm very conscientious about vitamin D for him. Um, my brother has multiple sclerosis. So like, and that's a, a huge component that they've traced vitamin D, whatever. So I'm like, 
uh, no, he doesn't. He does not need to have milk. He needs to have these nutrients, which he can get from these foods. So like, as long as anyway. Uh, and I think sometimes people are so invested in doctors and like these West, like you're saying with the Western nutritionists. And so it's just like, but, but do we need that? Because like you said earlier, everybody is different. Like literally we're all different. And what works for me is not going to do what's best for you. So mm-hmm. It's all opinion. And I think for me, like that's what you find a whole other level of that in parenting because mm-hmm. people are so judgy. Like they, even when they say they're not judgy, like, well, why would you do that? Like, like I can judge myself. Like I don't need your input. So like, <laughs> thank you. I'm hard enough on myself. I don't need your input. So whatever. Anyway, that's me. Yeah. On <laughs> no, I think that, I think that you're right though. Like judgment, judgment both in I mean judgment in all areas of our life, right? Like in the way other people are raising their kids, in the way other people are treating themselves. Like diet is a huge like trigger issue for this because everyone believes that the diet that they're eating is the right. You know, oh I'm vegan, oh I'm vegetarian, oh I'm paleo, I'm keto. Like, and my really deep belief is that you can succeed on whatever diet is best for your body. And as long as you're paying attention to those subtleties of balance, um, and that's, this is another like really beautiful thing about Chinese medicine is, you know, if I'm working with someone who's a vegan and they're like, yeah, I'm really lightheaded. I'm really dizzy. My skin is dry. My hair is dry. um, I'm cold all the time. I'm like, okay, you're not going to eat red meat, which would be my first suggestion. So I'm going to, so I'm going to tell you to eat beets. I'm going to tell you to eat dark leafy greens. I'm going to tell you to eat kidney beans. Like there's always a way to work with a person's specific sort of like preferences. I believe this is my belief. There's always a way to work with somebody to get them to a state of optimal health while respecting their choices. It's really funny. You say that I have um, a friend who's a wellness coach and nutritionist and she's like um she used to be a vegan vegetarian like did all the things and all the stuff was like still falling apart and one of the things she did was looked at like a full wellness picture like what you're saying and she's like reintroduced meat and stuff into her diet because she realized that some of these things that are healthy are was really was tearing her down like you know um not to not to attack on vegans because I think everybody to each their own. There's no judgment for me, but in certain elements of the diet where things are like super processed or not really naturally occurring, that takes a toll on certain individuals' bodies. And so, to this specific friend, that's what she was like. Oh, <laughs> this is not good for me, but this is. However, I have other friends who are completely vegan, and if they even look at red meat or a fish or whatever they literally vomit because they have that kind of reaction like just like physical reaction to animal products so it, it literally I mean, that's just an example to further your point no for sure I mean I think like and like I said I'm really hesitant to give sort of unilateral advice but I mean if I'm ever going to give any unilateral advice it's to avoid processed foods just because the nutritional value is so low in general. And that's not to say that there aren't better choices we can make. Like you were talking about veggie sticks earlier and I'm like, yeah, it's processed, but like, it's not the worst thing you can eat. So 
I think that it's all about relative decisions, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, we all have to just get through, get through and, and, and as with as much joy and as much like living to the fullest as possible, right? Rather than just like struggling through the day to find a way where we're living in balance. So we're like flowing through the day. Does that make, that's like, so that's a pretty woo for me. Like I, I think you can probably tell based on this conversation that I'm my, my treatment strategy is grounded pretty hard in science, but I'm like, I would say I'm like 40% woo still. I mean, as an acupuncturist, you kind of, kind of have to have a little bit of that, but I very much believe that we like in a lot of ways make our lives harder for ourselves than they have to be. Um, we make choices, whether it's, you know, yeah, spending an extra 15 minutes on my phone in the morning instead of eating a bre eating breakfast, like, which, you know, sets you up for being cranky or like eating like a pizza, like a chocolate bar for lunch, like who knows. But I think that the more we can kind of like mindfully move through our day, and reach that state of like making more easeful decisions, um, the better that we're going to be feeling for anyone. And that can mean different things to different people. That is so true. I like it because it really comes down to the individual. Is there anything we haven't talked about in terms of acupuncture or Chinese medicine that you feel is important for listeners to know? Uh, I mean, <laughs> Well, <laughs> let me just pull out my lecture notes. No, um, <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it really is such, uh, a huge, a deep topic. And, um, I guess like some, one thing that we haven't really talked that much about is like postpartum period, which is something mm. I'm actually really passionate about working in. And I know that like, um, you know, postpartum depression is, is endemic in the U S and around the world. And, um, this idea of like bouncing back after pregnancy and like having to like, be like this super mom where you're like back to like back wearing my pre-pregnancy jeans and like, and oh, we're, we went on a hike after two weeks of being home. And it's like, this idea is so, is also very counter to to Chinese medicine and, um, you know, I think in Western society, a lot of times, like we focus on the mom until the baby is no longer inside of her. And then all of a sudden it's like, all of the focus is placed on the baby and, um, you know, new moms are stepping into like a completely new place of their life. Like, not only are you a different person, you're, you now have a baby to take care of. <laughs> and, um, and I think that there's something really beautiful about the way that Chinese medicine looks at postpartum. Like there's this whole um, concept called so yuezi, which means sitting 40 days. And it basically is this idea that for 40 days after you deliver, you don't leave the house. And I know that's a little extreme for some people. And I know that the, the systems that are in place in our country are not supportive to women. Like paid pregnancy leave is not long enough, paid paid maternity leave is not long enough. Um, sometimes it doesn't exist at all. Um, but this idea that really you take the, take your time to replenish and restore your body after childbirth, um, with, with, from my perspective, acupuncture herbs, choosing like good dietary choices, um, 
having a good support network, not being afraid to like ask for help and ask for people to make you a nourishing meal. Um, this kind of like building community is like also very important. I'll tell you in my experience. So we, I was living in Dallas when I got pregnant with, or I was pregnant and I had my son and there was no one around. And luckily for me, like I had a hard situation with my doctor and I said, I don't care what needs to happen, whatever intervention you need to take, mm -hmm. I'm not going to have a C-section. There is nobody here to support, support me. Um, and at the time, I think Dominic took off like, or worked from home for like a week. And, um, but then was back in the office and he couldn't drive at the time. He didn't have his US license. So I was like, I can't not be able to move for this child. You know, there, that's not an option for me. And you forget like, and looking at it now, I'm like, Oh God, like that was difficult. Like, thank God there wasn't anybody, like there wasn't any need for anything. And I didn't have depression or, um, actually started seeing a therapist before he was born, like four or five months before he was born because depression runs in my family and abuse runs in my family. And I was like, I do not want to be that mom and I can't afford, um, for this to go South basically. Um, so having to like have that forethought and to take those actions, like you forget, you know, everybody's situation is unique. And even now where we are in Florida, we're like, well, I don't, I'm going to have a babysitter to watch this kid. Like, I can't even have a date night. Like you don't, you just realize how, when you, when you move out of your, that ecosystem, how difficult it is, like, and it's not easy, especially during this pandemic. Like nobody wants to talk to their new neighbors with the germy toddler. <laughs> so, ecosystems are so important. And I think we've gotten away from that. And a nomad like myself, I mean, I've lived in like six different states, you know, mostly, most of them as an adult. So uh, you're kind of like, oh, I want roots, but I also want to go somewhere else. <laughs> it's like this hard, like juxtaposition of like, what's good for us, you know, and there's, again, it's finding that balance. So mm -hmm. I, I, that's all I got. <laughs> yeah, totally. Being able to sort of like create community where you can. And um, I think that's a cool thing about, I think that's sort of the ideal way we would use media, whether it be social media, podcasts, you know, I'm, I use Instagram for business and I have a really strong love hate relationship with it, but it's also, it's also connected me to so many people both in Denver and not that I feel really fortunate to have been able to connect with. And I think that when we can use things like that for their positive powers of creating community where we often don't have any, that's really like the best way we can use it. Yeah. I guess too, like, I'm just, I'm very open to people, you know, like, I don't mind putting myself out there and being vulnerable, but for some reason, like, I'm, I, and this is where I'm like, oh, I would never say that, you know, like, it is interesting what people ask. And I'm like, maybe I need to do that more because I don't ever do that kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh, well, maybe they're not being weird. Maybe I'm the weird one. <laughs> 
because I'm not asking for help or insight or more information. I'm like, no, I'll do it myself. I'll figure it out. I don't know. But anyway, to your point, there are some really great resources out there. Some of us just don't really take advantage of them. <laughs> or we, yeah, or we use them in like weird, damaging ways, right? Did you see what that mom posted? Like, I mean, I don't have any mom friends here, so it's not like I can get too judgy, but. <laughs> and I'm pretty like, yeah, hey, whatever, teach their own, so. Totally. It is interesting what, what um, how, I guess, oh, more of how I think of myself as an open and vulnerable person. Um, but I guess there's also people who are more so than me, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, maybe I need to adjust my. No. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. No, you're, doing, you're doing what's right for you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Comparison is a trap. Mm -hmm. That is so true. That is so true. We, oh yeah, you're right. I'm great just the way I am. I'm not going to run far. Right? We're all perfect. We might not all get along, but we're all fine the way we are. That's what, that's what we're trying to say here. You don't need to change anything. Just find people who embrace you. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Or it's like, you're, you're doing great. You're doing the best you can. And where you have room to make positive change, like you should embrace it. But I think it's like, oh, I went on such a rant about this the other day, but um, this self-care culture is, so, I think it's really damaging. I think it's really messed up that we have this idea of like, the only time I take care of, and this is controversial because I don't think everyone believes this, but what I see is people saying like, oh, the only time I take care of myself is during my designated self-care hours, which I think is like, so fucked up <laughs> like like that that you have to be you have to set aside like 30 minutes every three days to be like this is when I take care of myself instead of th throughout the day being like just like being sweet to yourself or like being caring with yourself like sitting down and taking a big breath before you start eating like these are all ways we can show ourselves self-care like really really small things instead of being like now i'm doing a face mask and um eating a smoothie and you know like the way that we look at self-care to me is like not actually self-care it's the same way i feel about rest i'm like are you really taking care of yourself is this really filling you up or is it just what people are telling you you need to take care of yourself I think that's a really interesting perspective. And I was actually reading something about this the other day in terms of self-care. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I think it, and this is just me come all extemporaneous because I didn't even think about this question. Um, mm -hmm. I think there's a misunderstanding, especially within moms that, you know, your child comes first. And to a degree, that is true because you have this little being who really can't do anything for themselves, mm -hmm. need to nurture and grow, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't be nurtured for your own growth as a mother because the difference, and my husband and I kind of butt heads on this sometimes, is there's a... Um, it is harder for women. Let me just say that. It, yes, it is hard for a man to become a father. It is harder for women to become mothers. And a big part of that is once you're pregnant and you know you're pregnant and you know that kid is coming, you cannot 
do many a things that you could prior to that. And I think in this journey to motherhood, we often lose the sight of the fact that we were an independent person who did whatever we want when we, before we had this being in us or after we had this being, or after we, you know, I think you're trying to get what I'm saying. So, you know, we were this individual who did things to take care of ourselves on a daily basis. And now that we have this child, we need to make time for our self-care. But in reality, if we're actually taking care of ourselves with, for me, with things like chiropractic, acupuncture, uh, my bottle of red wine a week, you know, <laughs> that's my self-care. And I make time for that, yes. But also sometimes my self-care looks like my son watching two hours of TV in a day, which drives me crazy, you know? And it's not that I don't care about him or it's not that I don't, but sometimes there's no space and you're empty. So that you're, the idea of self-care is giving yourself that space. But if we're always looking at ourselves and taking that moment to breathe or doing things that we know will help us feel good, like I need to exercise, like move my body at least 30 minutes every day. And that just sets me up in a better, a better mental state. So whatever that is for you to get yourself in a good place every day, that's what you should prioritize for the individual parent. And my husband, oh, it's so hard, so hard. Well, if you don't do it, if you don't give yourself space and a little grace every day, then how are you gonna be a good husband, father, colleague, um, how are you going to be compassionate? How are you going to, you know, get your work done? How are you going to think creatively? Like there's a whole lot that goes into self-care. That's really just what we need as human beings. And I think the idea has been molded because we're kind of not like told that the kids go first, but it's like this in inference or we feel you know, that the kid needs to come first. And then we kind of lose that, oh, I'm just going to sit here on the couch for five minutes today because that's what I need, you know? Or we don't ask for the grandma to come because, you know, um, now I'm just on a tangent. But there's this, we were a whole person before birth. We're a whole person after birth. And yeah, we got to look after this little individual thing who needs us. Absolutely. Of course they do. But you can't be a good, in my opinion, you can't be a productive parent if you're yourself not well. So even if that's taking five minutes to do yoga a day or acupuncture once a week, and that's how you can be a good parent, whatever your holistic or non-holistic approach is, like you do you, I don't care. I think we just kind of forget that who that human was and we still need to be good to that human as well as this new human, you know, because what we're doing, this per this little person is watching us and he's going to emulate what we do, he or she or whatever, however your kid identifies. And, and their behaviors are our behaviors. So the more we exemplify that everybody else is more important or we don't need to take downtime or whatever it is, that's what we're growing for the world. So I think about that all the time. Like, yeah. I don't feel like, I'll have a pamper day. Like, I don't ever have like self-care days. I'm like, I want to get pampered today. Can I go get my nails done? <laughs> That's a treat. But every day, 
I need to work out and every day I need to be creative and and otherwise I know I'm no good to my son that and me and my tangents in this and this. no it's such a good one and it's so important <laughs> and I think also too just to add to what you said like um also being able to give ourselves um grace and not feel guilty if we don't if we don't have time to do those things because mm-hmm. you know it is it is so important to be taking good care of ourselves and to refocus to a place of preventive healthcare rather than reactive healthcare, right? Like you said, like exercising, being creative, taking a nap, like doing these things before you get to the point of breaking, before you get to the point where you need like a crisis intervention. And mm-hmm. and we're really bad at that as, as humans. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But then also the emotional stress caused by the guilt that and the blame that we place on ourselves is it's also it's just as bad for us as not doing the things you know like it's worse than not doing if you can if you can be like man i really wanted to exercise today but i didn't get to it but that's okay because like you know, it's been a crazy day and I'm just like holding myself with like understanding that like I'm doing the best job that I can do given like the circumstances that I'm living in. And just because I didn't make it to the gym today doesn't mean I can't go tomorrow. Like being able to develop that kind of like love and understanding for yourself and for the circumstances that you're living in and the schedule that you're trying to operate under is, is like almost the most important thing, I think. Yeah, I'm guilty of that too. Like if I'm, I'm one of those, I got, I don't know if it's like an anxiety thing or, but I always obsess over how I could have done things differently. Like reading my book to all these kids this week, I'm like, oh, I should have written it this way. Oh, I, I did the presentation and didn't turn out the way I wanted to. Oh, the technology failed. Oh, I should have thought about that. And you're like, you can't do anything about it. You can't. Yeah change it right you know and it's a learning opportunity you can write the next book differently or you know it's just it's totally like if we look at our if we look at our experiences as like a way to learn and grow rather than like something to feel bad about like okay so I after I did my bachelor's I got a master's in public policy you know what I'm like not using right now that degree but I learned so much about how I want to advocate for myself for Chinese medicine, for acupuncturists. And I think that we have to just stop feeling like we waste, we're wasting like resources or time or like stop feeling bad about our decisions because at the end of the day, they're your de- it's your decision. And so you, unless you can like really own it, you know, you're always gonna feel bad about it. And like, yeah. who, who wants to live like that? Yeah. Like constantly- constantly criticizing your own actions like that's exhausting oh, it is exhausting. that's not, that's not <laughs> fun now, now i need to find a therapist thanks <laughs> I'm not a therapist. great great uh actually i mean um mental health is a big thing for me i, I mean that's a different topic for a different day because but yeah I hear you. It's a, it's a crazy world we live in and it's really interesting to try to grow a a small human in this because you really, there's no right or wrong way to do it, but there's so much more access to information now and Mm -hmm. how to approach certain things. And in a way that's overwhelming, but in a way it's also a gift. And so 
that's why just having conversations like this is super helpful because it's just different perspectives or, and sometimes they align and sometimes they don't. And that's okay because what, that's what makes the world a beautiful place. Just give a bunch of talks about diversity this week. Like we don't have to agree. That's cool. But there's yeah. just a perspective that might be useful down the line one way, shape, or form. So acupuncture might be a way for you to get a little bit of time in for yourself that will make you feel good and you don't won't feel like you need to escape your kids. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Maddie. That has been so awesome chatting with you. Is there anything else you would like to share? Um to no. talk you. Yeah. All right. I think we're, I think, I mean, I, I, you know me, I could, I could talk about this stuff forever. So, um, <laughs> I'm so grateful to have had this time with you and, um, you know, I really like my like deepest love is connecting like with people. So, um, I would love to hear from anyone and I love nerding out about all this stuff. So questions <gasps> okay. are always welcome. All right, cool. You can check out uh, Maddie, if you're in the Denver area for an appointment, it's, uh, what did, hold on, burgeracupuncture.com. And then your Instagram handle is what? Berg, BergnerAcu, BergnerAcupuncture.com. And we'll link all this stuff up for it. But if you need an acupuncturist appointment or have questions, you can find Maddie there. You can find me at mamanosnata.com and Instagram at mama.nose.nata because I really don't know shit about anything. <laughs> <laughs> I just like to talk about it. So thank you for sharing your perspective and your insight with acupuncture on acupuncture with us and stay tuned for more podcasts of all the things you didn't know you needed to know. <laughs>